have y'all found a place to have said wedding yet? We have. We your, have your backyard. Yes, it is your backyard. It's actually going to be oh, mine? your backyard. Oh wow! So you're going to pay for some uh, some upkeep and some cleaning mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's like a poop like scooper. Father of the bride will get some swans. Mm. You know, oh, furniture yeah, yeah, rentals. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Listen, mm-hmm. our sidewalk. You can definitely in the, in the snow. It makes like a little lake. You can put them in there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. After like over Christmas there. break, oh, I went and stayed with Lee for a couple days and spent some time with her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, her dad made us watch Father of the Bride together. <laughs> Which was super funny. So we had a great time. I love that. He's got a good sense of humor already. Mm-hmm. I like him. No, he's good. a good guy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the My College Story podcast. I am Miranda Davis. And I am Brian Motto. And we're here with another alum, class of 2018, Luke Twidell. Hey, Luke. Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy <laughs> welcome, to be here. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, he's got a beard. Very furry. Hair. Very furry. That's right. Mr. Yeah. Ashton cracks me up when he was like, I always love it when they grow facial hair after they graduate. Kind of ironic, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So uh-huh. I think, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I was introduced to the beard when you came to my house to pick up your sister. Your sister was babysitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And we have a golden doodle. Mm-hmm. And it's never really been skittish around anybody. And you walk in and you were, you had your beard and our dog peed on the floor <laughs> for the first time ever. Was not a fan of me, I would not say. I, I mean, you're not intimidating. Dog? No, not exactly. But Aww. I don't know if it was the facial hair that threw him or what. Hmm. What'd you do to him? Just was myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no clue. Doesn't bode well for you, Luke. No, no. It'd be tough with a bedside manner in the future, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Um, we'll get more into that in a minute. Mm -hmm. All right, so tell us more about Luke. Who is Luke Twaddell? Oh, Luke was an average student here. Big loser. You know, I don't know. Big loser. He might have been the valedictorian. Definitely was. He might have won a state tennis championship. At least one. He might have been a class president. The class president. I don't know. Just things. Loser. Things that people put on their resume. Could have, could have done more here. Am I smart? Sure. Am I being, I don't even know. Sassy enough. enough. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, Luke Luke did a little bit of everything here and uh, was was well-loved, well-respected, um, was an outstanding student, good athlete, was pretty much involved in everything and, you know, was one of those students that when, when something was needed, his name was always one of the first to be brought up and, mm-hmm. well, we can get Luke to do that. Um <laughs> Or Luke would be so, willing to do that, yeah. maybe. And and always threw willing. his hat into, you know, was always willing to do new stuff, too. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, your class was the first group that had the Fab Lab and mm-hmm. the um, the e-cafe and things like that. And you made the uh, school video um, oh, with yeah. the, the, the thing that reality. flies. Virtual yeah, the virtual reality, reality thing. Yeah. So it's fun. Uh, the drone, drone, that's what I was going with. Thing that well, flies, yeah. And you were part of the first so. prosthetic arm group, too, weren't you? I was in the second. In the second one, group. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so no, he didn't do much around here. No. So we just we're having him back just because, mm-hmm. just just because we like him. But no, we wanted to talk to you because you've done some very interesting in college, a very specific something, and you're one of the few people who have stuck with your major all the way through, which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's very very rare, but you you just knew what you wanted to do going in, so we wanted to talk more about that. Well, awesome. All right. 
Kick us off, Mr. Mata. All right. Question number one, thinking back <laughs> to the fall of 2017. You were getting ready to start your applications. Actually, I think you started your applications in this summer, mm-hmm. which was good. But, mm-hmm. um, tell us about your admissions journey. What were you looking for in a school? Um, did you have any non-negotiables? And I don't think we were using that term when you guys went through, but we've, we've kind of started using that term non-negotiables. What are those things that a college has to have for you to want to look at it? So tell us a little bit about that journey uh, for you and, and what you were looking for. Well, I would say that I was in a bit of a unique situation as far as my, both of my parents had gone to Baylor, had grown up supporting the team. And so um, I submitted my application to Baylor the very first day it was open. And for me, for me, the admission process was always kind of judging each college based off of the standard that I had growing up for Baylor uh, and what I saw in the school uh, and the different uh, aspects that, of uh, how that would make me, you know, a great uh, future you know, person in my career, whatever that may be. And so um, when I actually applied to all of the schools, I applied as an engineering student. And so a big part of All Saints uh, was, you know, the fabrication lab. And I think that was a, a huge motivating factor for me uh, was, I, you know, I, I saw how much I loved that and I wanted to be able to do that in the future. And so um, that was kind of part of my initial college search was to find a, a school that would be a great engineering school for me. So uh, just as a, a piece of hope for all the people that do not stick with their same major, I might have gotten to Baylor and stuck with my same major, but I didn't apply to Baylor with that same major. <laughs> so um, I would say something that I was looking for that was a non-negotiable would be uh, a school that would be able to have people that are similar to me in uh, my convictions and faith and uh, personality, interest, uh, all of those things. Um, you know, Baylor is a faith-based school, and that's something that is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at all of the different schools that I applied to, um, that was something that I certainly kept in mind. So um, we'll get into more detail on this later, but I applied to A&M, uh, Duke, and Baylor, and all three of those were places that I felt that at least um, I would be able to find groups of students within those schools uh, that uh, shared my faith and convictions and um, kind of general uh, life philosophies and um, that I would be able to grow in community with. Awesome. And although you applied to three, I know you were you were very, and I've always give you a hard time about, oh, yeah, we knew you were going to go to Baylor, but <laughs> you were always very open to looking at other places and trying to find a place with those things. So, I mean, you weren't, you weren't closed off to other places. Um, I know you and your group of friends, you have, you have a, a great tight grip, uh, tight knit group of friends. Um, and I think it was after your freshman year, we went on that college trip. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we visited what, eight schools in five days or something like that. That was probably the most influential experience of my college searching process was, um, you know, like you said, the summer after my freshman year of high school, we went on a little Southeast college tour. And I remember touring uh, Duke, Elon, Furman, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Rhodes, Swanee, and all those schools gave me a a great opportunity to see what different schools like, uh, look like, and um, how the school represents itself, uh, what they focus on. And um, simply being on the campuses was uh, incredibly critical for me in, in, in college experience. I really don't think you can effectively pick a college uh, without being on the campus. Um, so I would say definitely encourage anyone who's uh, in you know the beginning stages of this college search process is uh, you know you have to take the time to, to go and visit the different schools and you know sit through 
the uh, the you know admissions counselors presentations because you know ninety percent of it is all the same, but the ten percent <laughs> of it is the way that you make your decision that mm-hmm. you know will change the rest of your life. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Right, I'm very Thank jealous. You. I hear about this trip all the time, and I was very sad it wasn't part of it. You know, mm-hmm. we've tried to offer it since you guys have A left lot. Luke, and it just we've never had the enough interest to make mm-hmm. it happen with the with the full group. So, mm-hmm. but that that was a fun that was a fun trip. You guys, it was awesome. That was fun because what we only had like three or four maybe upperclassmen, and then your group of friends yeah, from that great. from mm-hmm. that grade. Mm-hmm. That was that was a it was a fun time. So okay, so three schools. Um, you applied to Baylor again, like you said, day one, right away. Mm-hmm. What? Tell us about kind of your your feeling through the process. Were you ever just one hundred percent sure about your decision? Um, were you ever in a spot where you were you were just really questioning? Hey, should I have applied to more places? Things like that. Um, what are what are maybe some some things that you wish you would have done a little differently, or looking back on now, maybe you would have tweaked you'd tweak a little bit. Sure. So I think for me, one of the the biggest final decision makers for Baylor was the Science Research Fellows Program. And uh, so I applied to that program the fall of my senior year. And that was a program that would allow me to do uh, a wide variety of things within the science realm. And uh, for me, that was really important because I wasn't exactly sure at that point what exactly I wanted to do. And I knew that, you know, if I had decided that I really wanted to go the engineering route, I would be able to, uh, you know, kind of mold that program to what I wanted to do uh, and look into research in physics and, and different things like that. Um, you know, I was part of a, the physics C class at, at All Saints that, you know, I was really thankful for because I think that gave me a, a great perspective of, um, you know, kind of what, what I wanted to look for in a career and, and, and things like that. And so that, that really was kind of, the last thing for me that gave me a lot of confidence in my decision to go to Baylor was finding a great program fit for me that was also at a school that was a great culture fit for me. Awesome. Awesome. And so you mentioned Science Research Fellowship. Tell us a little bit about the application process for that, because that is something you applied to before uh, you got to Baylor. It wasn't something that you got there and then applied for. So this is something that piqued your interest immediately and that you applied for. So tell us about that process. Yeah. So Baylor has two different uh, very popular fellowship programs. Uh, the Business Fellows, which uh, is a lot bigger. Uh, business Fellows usually has about 50 students per year. And the Science Research Fellows, which usually has about 10 to 12 students per year. And uh, so the Science Fellows application opens up in the fall of, of your senior year. And uh, it has a few essay components, uh, ask you about your interest in research, what, how research has you know, impacted the world, gives you a, an opportunity to reflect on what you think that research has done in the past and, and a reason why you would want to be a part of that in the future. And then it also uh, has an interview component. So anyone uh, that submits their application and is invited back for an interview has a chance to interview with both current students in the program as well as the program director, Dr. Klausmeyer. And uh, so I think that whole process really felt very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was offered that, I, I knew that I would be a part of a, a very tight-knit community. And uh, it was something that I would have uh, the resources with which uh, to do what I wanted to in college. Yeah. So interview process, were they individual interviews, group interviews? What, what did that look like? 
So it was a group interview. Uh, Dr. Klossmeyer is the program director. She was on the call the entire time, but uh, each of the students had a different question that they asked, and so it was just one uh, large group interview. It, you know, it, it was not very intimidating. It was one of those things where um, it was clear that they wanted uh, you to also know that this would be a great fit uh, for you. So I think that you know it's very similar to uh, a lot of the interviews that I've done for medical school where you know, they're, they're also pitching the program to you and, and mm-hmm. wanting to make sure that uh, not only that you'd be a good fit for the program, but that the program would be a good fit for you. Nice. And so this obviously has opened doors for you um, at Baylor. I mean, you've gotten to experience some things that a lot of undergrads don't get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we could probably devote multiple podcasts to some of the research you've already done, but what are, what are some of the awesome experiences you had in this program throughout your time um, at Baylor, which is coming to an end, as mm-hmm. crazy as that is? Yeah, I only have one semester left, which uh, you know kind of makes me cry a little bit. I'm, I'm not really excited <laughs> to leave. Um, lots of exciting things coming up that I can kind of get past that for. Mm-hmm. But um, so the first year of the Science Fellows Program has a freshman seminar class where um, – only your class of the science fellows uh, is in a room together, and, and we hear presentations from different professors in all different fields. And so I had the opportunity to hear research presentations from professors in biology, chemistry, biochemistry, nutrition, neuroscience, psychology, ecology, um, you know, numerous other areas as well. And so through that, we were able to kind of find what we liked, what we didn't like, what we thought we'd be interested in the future how we would be able to use different fields to push us into different careers or uh, goals for research in the future. And so, you know, I I initially came into Baylor thinking that I'd be really interested in kind of doing the MD, PhD route. And I've shied away from that a little bit. I'm I'm planning on only doing an MD program, Um, but that is not to take away anything from the experience I've had. And so um, through those seminars, I uh, heard a presentation from uh, Dr. Kevin Penny at Baylor, and uh, he does uh, organic chemistry research with tumor targeting agents. And so I was uh, extremely fascinated by that. That was a, you know, an area of research that um, was really personal to me. I've, uh, you know, had family and, and friends impacted by cancer that I, uh, you know, really felt like that would be an awesome opportunity for me to invest in something that, um, you know, has had an impact on my life and, and the lives of people that I really care about. And uh, it also, you know, was was in the field of chemistry, which I loved. You know, Dr. Bircher, or uh, Ms. Ms. Bircher's class here at uh, at All Saints made me love chemistry. And uh, through that, you know, it really pushed me to uh, to love that in college as well. And so um, with that, I am involved in a project um, of a molecule that targets microtubules. And so uh, microtubules pull uh, the cells apart in mitosis. And so... You know, the principle of chemotherapy is that if you can put something in your body that kills the cancer quicker than it kills yourself, then, you know, it's, it's going to work well. And so cancer cells divide really rapidly. And so the molecule I work with uh, selectively targets that through uh, the microtubule binding process. Yes, all of those wow. things. Just, I think the statement that I enjoyed the most was the molecule that I work with. It's like, you know, this coworker of mine, mm-hmm. but like, you know, like you are literally working with a specific molecule, which like, that's just way beyond my realm of grasping. But I mean, that's amazing. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you use some words there that are, <laughs> are a little beyond me. So, you know, 
Hey. It's awesome. I I love it That's because why we have people like him. Well, and I right, and so I think one of the jokes I always make is when our high schoolers are creating a resume and doing things like that. I always say, well, you know, you cure cancer or do this, you're actually curing cancer. P- potentially helping to right? cure cancer. It's yeah, pretty Trying incredible to. stuff. Trying to at, at worst finding a way that doesn't cure cancer, so people yeah. don't do that later. So there you go. Yeah. You know, failure, failure is a part of research, and I think that's something that I've definitely learned along the way is that, you know, failing in your project isn't doesn't mean you haven't succeeded. It just means that the future, you know, of, of researchers knows that, you know, okay, that path doesn't work. Let's try something different. And that's the quote for the board. The, the failing is not, what was it that you said? You just said it. Uh, Whatever. We'll, we'll rewind it and go back. Sure. But like you said, I didn't want to stop you because you were on a roll, but like that's like, yeah. I like it. Failure doesn't mean you haven't succeeded. Exactly. That's that's it. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. you. I like it. Everybody needs to understand that. Yes. More. I mean, ourselves. You know, we're included, we're trying to. Still... Yeah. Absolutely. I try to beat that into my fourth grader, uh, into his head every day. Right. That mm-hmm. don't be scared to take those risks. Mm-hmm. Failing doesn't mean you haven't succeeded. So mm-hmm. that's no. I love it. Yeah. Can we end right there? Or we're good. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Is right. that a wrap? Um, so okay. So you mentioned medical school next. Mm-hmm. Tell us tell us about that. What's yeah. up? So the medical school application process looks very different than the uh, college admission process. It's which, super easy, right? Uh, yeah, it's really super easy. <laughs> um, which uh, for me was really frustrating. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm applying to medical school in a really hard time to apply to medical school. Uh, most medical schools are not open for tours. I, I have not stepped on a single medical school campus in my entire life. Uh, and I'm going to have to make a decision in uh, about 38 days, um, which is crazy. Um, so I, I literally will make a decision on my medical school without having stepped foot on campus. Wow. Sight unseen, huh? Which is very tough. But um, the medical school application process really starts with taking your MCAT. And so most students take the MCAT your junior year. I took mine um, at the end of September of my junior year. Uh, and, and most students will, will probably take it the, the spring of their junior year. Uh, and along with that, um, once you get your score back, you can start working on your application in May, uh, right after you finish your junior year. Uh, it's, it's highly encouraged that you submit that as soon as you can because medical school admissions is on a rolling basis. And so the earlier, really? you, the earlier you apply, the better. And Did you know that? It's on a rolling basis? I don't basis? think officially I knew that, no. And uh, so with that, the earlier you submit it, the earlier you can get an interview invitation. Mm -hmm. And so most schools start their interviews uh, middle of August and interviews run from middle of August to the end of January. And so I applied to eight programs, um, six of which were in Texas. The other two were Emory and Duke. And um, I've received uh, interview invitations from four of them. And so I interviewed with Baylor College of Medicine in Houston McGovern School of Medicine in Houston, UT Medical Branch in Galveston, and Long School of Medicine in San Antonio. Congrats. So, thank you so That's much. Awesome. Yeah. Duke, I will say just on an aside, Duke keeps coming up in your world. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like someday mm-hmm. you're going to do something at Duke. I don't know why. I do love North Carolina. thought maybe mm-hmm. that would be, this would be the chance, but I uh, haven't heard anything back yet. So that's totally yeah. fine. But you know, I've definitely learned that through this process that you know God opens and closes doors, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I know that I'm very confident wherever I end up is where I'm meant to be, yeah. and uh, I'm excited for, for whatever that may be. So, S- speaking of God opening up another door, 
you have something else big and happening in your life. Yes, I do. So I'll be uh, I'll be getting married on July third to Woo-hoo. my beautiful fiance Lee. Aww. Shout out and, Lee. Shout out uh, Lee. Yeah, we're really excited about it. She's applying to physical therapy programs, and so golly, uh, there's still a lot of school in between the two of you. I know. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we'll be we'll be dirt poor for a while. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> We're really but in ships passing in the night too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to be with residency and everything. Like you guys are going to be crazy. Yeah. So uh, we'll hopefully end up in Houston together. I get to rank my schools on February 18th, okay. and then the Texas Medical School Application Systems Match Day is March 4th. And so, awesome. So we'll I, be we'll be looking for a text that evening or the next day. Then, right? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'll get I'll get an email at 8 a.m. on March 4th, and I'll know where I'm going to medical school. So that's great. I'm very awesome. excited. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's, that's yeah. a lot. But so, like you said, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of great opportunities coming your way, and and certainly well deserved. Hey, and he started his apps in our office. Good juju. That's true. Mm-hmm. He did. It's true. Yeah. Somehow he got on campus. I think it was right at the end when we were starting to have people on campus again. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited for you because that sounds so nerve wracking, but you seem very calm and at peace with it. And that's, that's, that's the goal. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So I will say this one thing I've, I always found about Luke and this, I, I felt like this in all the stuff that you did is I think you were probably nervous inside, but it never showed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always because you were so well prepared. You know, there was never anybody that that could question whether or not you played it out in your head or mm-hmm. studied enough. And so, I, you know, I think the nerves were there because you wanted to perform well, but we all always knew that you were prepared. And I, I think that's that's something that can settle mm-hmm. can settle you is if hey, I've done what I can do. Um, and so, yeah, I just I never saw you rattled. Yeah, uh, you know, preparation is the key to success. So I always felt like I, uh, you know, the only thing that I can control is me. And when I can control my level of preparation, I know that, you know, whatever happens in the end, I'll be okay with. Um, Whenever I uh, know that I do what I can do uh, to succeed to the best of my ability, then, you know, I think at that point you have to uh, just be humble enough to accept whatever outcome that happens. So if medical school doesn't work out for you, being a motivational speaker for college seniors would be a great opportunity. Cool. And I think you'd be really I, good I'll at keep it. that in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's saying all the things that we say just in a more eloquent and beautiful way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Words of wisdom. Do you feel like you have wisdom left after medical school applications? And you, maybe? Uh, yeah. Are we t- speaking to people applying to colleges? Yes. Uh, so... Okay, I got. I have pro- I have prompts for you. Great. Okay, what is one thing that you would go back and change about your college story? So that could be applying to college or after you applied to college and during your college time. Sure, I think uh, you know a, a piece in that um, for me is you know I, I might have might have decided to apply to more schools. Um, you know, like I, like I said at the very beginning, I, I was a bit of a unique case where I kind of knew where I wanted to go for quite some time. But, um, you know, if I, if I wasn't a student, you know, in that particular situation, um, I would have loved to have put in a little bit more work before my applications uh, in knowing that, you know, maybe I could have made a final decision 
uh, a lot earlier and so that I could have applied early decision to a school. And I know that, you know, schools uh, like Duke that I applied to, um, it's, it's very, very difficult to get in if you don't apply early decision. Mm-hmm. I think at least mm-hmm. the statistics for my year uh, was the acceptance rate for early decision students was around 20%. And the acceptance rate for regular decision students was around four percent, and um, so I kind of different. I kind of knew. I mean, if I wasn't going to apply early decision, which I couldn't because I knew that I wanted to go to Baylor, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get in. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would definitely encourage students that are you know juniors in high school to really really consider working hard on looking for a college uh, and looking you know in that area so that you can kind of have an idea of what your top choice is when you're working on applications at the very beginning. Um, so you can kind of have that leg up on the competition for, for the early decision versus regular decision process. Yeah, especially this very competitive schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I hate to say it, it's with the pandemic, it's only made it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the Some of the more selective schools, they're now taking upwards of 50% of their incoming freshman class in the early decision pool. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, It's been insane. wild. Mm-hmm. Stressful. Yep. But it's fine. It'll work out. All right, second piece of advice. What would you say, what piece of advice would you give to students ready to begin their college story? So again, that could be mm-hmm. freshmen starting in high school, getting ready to like start building their resume and adding classes and doing stuff like that. Or that could be seniors, either like where your sister is. So what, sure. what you got? Um, so this is something that I've gotten to learn again and again and again, <laughs> and I keep forgetting it, but uh, don't do everything. You know, I, I think that far too many people say yes too often to different opportunities, and people really aren't. Look, <laughs> I, know, I know people aren't the the schools and the medical schools. They're not looking for somebody who does fifteen things kind of well, you know, and and uh, they're they're really looking for the students that can pick two or three things or even one or two things and and do it exceedingly well. So, um, you know, going back to medical school applications for for my um, application process for. Uh, the systems that I applied through, the AMCAS is the national medical school application process, and it limits the number of things that you can include, uh, and this includes um, honors, awards, extracurriculars, uh, clubs and organizations, shadowing opportunities, basically everything. limits the number of those that you can have to 15. And so, I I mean, there were many, many things that I did in college that I didn't even include in my medical school application. Like I was in, you know, a couple clubs freshman year that I was like actively involved in that didn't even make my application mm-hmm. for medical school. And so, you know, this really does it goes all the way back to your college application process. Find a couple things that you're really passionate about and do those things well, uh, and I, and that will show up on your resume. People will be able to see, you know, hey, like I spent a lot of time and made a real impact in this area, rather than oh, I, I kind of did a few things and I was really involved, but you know, what, I guess, what did I accomplish through that since I was Mm -hmm. spread so thin? Yeah. Um, and then going into the, going into your freshman year of college, um, advice, I would say, um, I think far too many people underappreciate the fact that everyone is looking for friends. Nobody has friends. Everyone wants to meet new people. And I think far too many people, um, you know, are uh, very introverted and and have a hard time uh, putting themselves in other people's shoes and realizing that everyone's in the same situation. You know, when you you get to your dorm room, your neighbors don't have friends either. You know, the people across the hall, they don't don't have friends either. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is uh, just 
putting yourself out there, introducing yourself, um, just being nice, and uh, you know, you will you'll really never have that opportunity again in your life to be in a place where every single person you meet is just looking for community, looking mm-hmm. for people to know and to care about and to care for. And uh, I think that was a really beautiful piece of my freshman year experience was um, just knowing that you know everybody's in the same boat. Everybody wants to meet people and and find people to spend time with. Yeah. Beautiful. Here, here. I love it. Well said. Thank you. If only we've never said any of those things either. Yeah, but he does say it better than we do. (laughs) That's why we record these so we can go back and just transcript it for later. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Luke. We appreciate you taking time out of your break to come and talk to us. It's always back to be a ba- good to be back on All Saints' campus. Yeah. Love the people here. Always yeah. a pleasure to see you, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ASCS College. And thanks for listening to another episode of My College Story. And I'm going to have to go out there. Yeah, I was going to say, he's yeah, not he even out there. Yeah, he left earlier. <laughs> awesome. That was fun. <laughs>